appreciate Brother McKean, his wife and family. I want him to come. He knows he has the liberty in this pulpit. No time set or nothing. Just obey God and let the Lord use him. We're going to have him preach, aren't we, Bendale? Let's give him a good Bendale welcome. Let's pray. Praise God. Praise God. So, so good to be in the presence of the Lord. Not just to be in the house of the Lord, but to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad you know a source? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad it's not the world that you're turning to this morning? Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in such a measure today. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It's all right if I just obey God for just a minute. Amen. I know it's, it's just Sunday school. Everybody says it's just Sunday school, but I'm telling you, the Lord's in the house today. Hallelujah. Brother Quinn, I don't know if you're in it now. Something ahead of you, behind you, but I saw you in the valley. God said to tell you that he'll roll the clouds away. You're coming out of it. Hallelujah. You're coming out of it. Amen. God, when you don't know what to do, God said to tell you, he already knows what he's going to do. Amen. The battle's his. It's not yours. I feel that in the Holy Ghost telling you this morning. Hallelujah. I just feel it in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Sister, I, I don't even know your name. I'm terrible on names. But um, I saw you this morning and saw as a child, saw scars. Amen. But God said this morning, we're made what we are by the scars. Amen. It's not scars of defeat. It was by the scars in his hand that we are what we are today. Amen. It's by the scars that's on us. Amen. That we become the vessel of God that he wants us to be. And God said the clouds are going to roll away. You are the vessel of God. Amen. And it's by the scars that we're made what we are today. Amen. Somebody needs to lift their hands and just love the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Master, I thank you this morning. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Praise God, praise God. It is such an honor and privilege of mine to be in Bendale today. And I know after I feel the presence of the Lord, like I feel, no doubt in my mind, it's the perfect will of God. And I would rather be here today than anywhere on the face of the earth. Amen. I want to be in the will of God, don't you? Amen. Even if it's in the valley. and God, You say, does God, God puts us in the valley. Amen. We talked about the devil or sung a, sung a little bit about that this morning. You need to understand there's only one God. There's only one God. The devil is nothing but a fallen angel. He is not a God. Hallelujah. I've already went to the end of the book. I know how the story ends. There's not but one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is what? One. Amen. Devil, you're nothing but a fallen angel. Amen. You're a failure. When he's tried his best, his best is still not good enough. Run, devil, run. We're going to have church in Bendale. Come out to have church. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, a lot of people complain that a preacher don't work any time but Sunday. And then they complain he works too long. Hallelujah. We come to have church. Amen. It's been a long time in getting here, and I, I want to have church today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So good, so good. Such a privilege and honor to be here today. Brother and Sister Moore and this fine church family, and I sure do honor your pastor and his wife. Why don't we give them a good hand clap of praise this morning? Aren't you glad for a man of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I feel like the Lord spoke to our heart this week in prayer. Everybody say prayer. You know, God hears everything. He hears our complaining. He hears our criticizing. He hears our whining. And, but he don't answer anything but prayer. That's all he answers is prayer. Praise God. That's why it's important we've got to learn how to pray. Mom, we've got to learn how to pray till we get in that channel that God wants us in. Amen. But I feel like in prayer that we have heard from God for this service today. If you'd like to turn with us to the book of 2 Samuel, the first chapter. I don't know how long it's been since I've been here. But brother, I just feel like it's coming home. I just, I just, I feel at home this morning. Amen. I feel at church. Praise the Lord. But I, I feel that liberty, sweet liberty in the Holy Ghost. And um, what the Lord has given me today, I feel perfectly at ease in preaching it to this church. There's some churches I, I'd preach it, but I couldn't feel as much at ease in preaching it as what I do here this morning. Amen. I appreciate this church. Good churches come about by good leadership. But then you've got to have good people that will follow. Amen. It's like a, like a marriage. It takes two to make it work. I read a little deal. Um, somebody said somebody wrote a song about it. But it said it takes two hearts to make love. And then it takes faith to keep it together. And it takes a church and a pastor working. It takes two hearts, amen, to make it go. And I appreciate the heartbeat of this pastor, and I appreciate the heartbeat of the church. I can feel both this morning, and I like what I feel. In the book of 2 Samuel, the first chapter, a rather lengthy reading, beginning at the 11th verse, Then David took hold on his clothes and rent them, and likewise all the men that were with him. And they mourned, I want you to hear this, and they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel because they were fallen by the sword. And David said unto the young man that told him, Whence art thou? And he answered, I am the son of a stranger, an Amalekite. And David said unto him, How wast thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Everybody say, The Lord's anointed. And David called one of the young men and said, Go near and fall upon him. And he smote him that he died. And David said unto him, Thy blood be upon thy head, for thy mouth hath testified against thee, saying, I have slain the Lord's anointed. Everybody say, The Lord's anointed. And David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. And he bade them teach the children of uh, Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jashir. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offering. For there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away. The shield of Saul as though he had not been anointed with oil. Everybody say anointed. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back. Now the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Ye daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with other delights, who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen 
and the weapons of war perished. Could I get the church to lift their hands and voice in prayer? Brother Moore, would you ask God's anointing? Lord, your anointing would move in this place this morning as a continual flow of your spirits in this house. God, as we as humans humble ourselves before you with faith and confidence in the power of your word, ask for the anointing to settle down upon Brother McCain today. Use him like never before as an oracle from heaven itself. Open our hearts of understanding, our ears of faith. They would receive thy word this morning and let it be planted into our lives and transform us into vessels and tools that would go out into this world and be what you'd have us to be. Thy perfect and divine will will be performed in this place this morning as we ask it and give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the church said amen. amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Come on now, this is for Jesus. Has God been good to you? Why don't you give him a good wave offering this morning? God's been good to us. Hallelujah. Come on all over the building. Give him a good wave offering right now. Hallelujah. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised in the mountains of his holiness this is the mountains of his holiness it's the tabernacle of the Lord the house of the Lord that's the mountains of his holiness amen it's all right to praise him on the street it's all right to praise him at Walmart it's all right to praise him on the job but when we come to the house of the Lord amen we need to praise him in his high places can you say amen hallelujah amen you may be seated as I began to read this passage of Scripture this week, there was, and I've read it hundreds and hundreds of times, uh, because David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. But there was something that I saw a little different than I've ever seen it before. The Scripture said, Then David took hold on his clothes and rent them, and likewise all the men that were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son and for the people of the Lord, for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. And for a little while this morning, I want to preach on the virtue of loyalty. The virtue of loyalty. And I wrote down what Webster defined as virtue. Virtue, a particular moral excellence in a person. A great character in a person. A purity in a person. That's virtue. Moral excellence, a particular moral excellence. A moral or great character or purity in a person. Loyalty, he defines it this way. It is the virtue of loyal behavior. It is faithfulness. It's true allegiance. It is a promise or a duty or an obligation that a person is true to. It is being loyal to a person, to a government, to a doctrine, or a belief. Loyalty. I want to preach for a little bit on the virtue of loyalty. The virtue of loyalty. Could I get you to lift your hands one more time unto the Lord? Mighty God of heaven, we ask you, Lord, to walk these aisles today. Speak to the hearts, the minds of the people. God, I claim that which Calvary bought. God, I pray, Lord, at your anointing. God, you let it flow in the house right now, God. God, you open our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears. God, let us hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And the church said, Amen. Praise the Lord. The virtue of loyalty. Let me go back some, some 37 to 39 years. It's a, it's a little bit of controversy there. But let us go back uh, some, we just call it 37 years today in time. From the passage of this scripture. We find that the children of Israel, they had come out of the land of Egypt. And it was God's perfect will for them to have a preacher and a prophet, amen, by the name of Samuel over them. 
And as the children of Israel began to look around, they began to see other nations that had kings. They began to see others that, that uh, they were under a king and they were not under a prophet. And there was something about the children of Israel. They, they became discontented with the man of God. They became discontented following after a prophet. And they wanted a king in their life. God forbid that the apostolic ranks today ever get to a place. Amen. That we don't want a preacher in the middle of our life. Hallelujah. Amen. God forbid that we ever get to a place that we can't hear the voice of the prophet. We can't hear the voice of God. And there for some time, God and Samuel wrestled with the children of Israel. Excuse me. Sometime they wrestled with them. And they wanted them to understand that it was, it was more important to have a man of God than it was to be like the Amalekites. It was more important to be like a man of God than it was to be like the Hittites and the Hivites, uh, even the Canaanites. Can I tell you something this morning? It's more important to be apostolic. Uh, amen. It's more important to have this Jesus name, one God apostolic message wrote on the tablets of our heart than it is to look like the Amalekites to walk like the Amalekites, to talk like the Amalekites. I'm thanking God this morning that the church has still got some identity, Brother Marshall. I'm thanking God today that you can walk into an apostolic church. It don't look like any other. It don't feel like any other. Amen. They don't sound like any other. Amen. There's some identity there. Hallelujah. And the children of Israel, amen, they got dissatisfied with their identity. I cry out to this church this morning, don't get tired of being apostolic. Don't get tired of having church. Don't get tired. Amen. God's fixing to come back after a bride. Hallelujah. Ride with me, Holy Ghost, this morning. Amen. For some 37 years, amen, back they became dissatisfied. And finally God told Samuel, he said, Samuel, I'm going to give them the desires of their heart. Can I tell you something? If you bother God long enough, amen, about looking like the world and dressing like the world, can I tell you what God will do? God will let you do it. Hallelujah. I said God will turn you over to a reprobate mind that you believe a lie and be damned. Amen. God said, I will send them a strong delusion. Amen. Why did he send it? Amen. They lost their love for truth. That's why it's important today that we fall in love with this word of God. That's why it's important today that we put it in the heart of our children. There's just one Lord. There's just one faith. There's just one baptism. It's still an Acts 238 message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. There's movements in our land today. Can you hear me? There's movements in the land today in Pentecostal churches. Amen. That's trying to tell congregations this morning that they don't have to speak in tongues anymore to receive the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that's a lie. It's hatched out of the pits of hell. Amen. It's still a Holy Ghost or it's hell. It's still Jesus' name or it's hell. It's still holiness or it's hell. It's separation from the world or it's hell. We don't need to lose our identity. Hallelujah. We need a hold of that virtue of loyalty. Praise God. You can be seated. Now we find that he tells Samuel, he said, I want you to go and I want you to anoint me a king for the people. Amen. For the people. You ought to thank God every morning that you get up that you have not got a man pleaser. Amen for a pastor. You ought to thank God every morning whenever you kneel by your bed. Amen that God didn't give you a preacher for the people. Amen but God give you a preacher that's a man after God's own heart. Hey, if it crosses your grain, it'll just have to cross your grain. Amen there's a virtue of loyalty that I have felt in this man of God. That he is loyal to the message. 
It hadn't changed. Hallelujah. He's been loyal to the church. He's loyal to the Lord that we believe in today. He's loyal to the blood of Calvary. And there he went and anointed Saul. And you know the story. Amen. How Saul, when he was humble, amen, and little in his own eyes, amen, he was so humble that he went and hid amongst the stuff when it come time, amen, for him to present him a king, amen, before the children of Israel. Saul was hid amongst the stuff, amen, as long as he was humble, and as long as he had a preacher in his life, as long as he waited on Samuel, amen, God blessed everything that his hand touched, amen, as long as he learned to wait on the preacher, and as long as his loyalty was to Samuel, I want you to hear me this morning, amen, Saul, the first king, and he was anointed. Everybody say he was anointed. Amen. You need to understand that. He was anointed. Amen. But because of a little speck of rebellion. Amen. Because he couldn't wait on the preacher anymore. Amen. God took that anointing away from him as though it never was. Hallelujah. It's important for us to have a man of God in our life. Stay with me this morning. Hallelujah. I had a man, oh, it's been a year ago now. He told me, he said, Calvary was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I said, I beg your pardon, sir. I said, Calvary was wonderful, but that's not the best thing ever happened to you. He said, sure it is. I said, no, it wasn't. He said, you tell me one thing greater than Calvary. I said, I'll tell you one thing greater than Calvary. I said, God put an apostolic preacher between you and eternity. Amen. Because the Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher and how can they preach except they be sent of God amen Calvary will be no effect to you unless there's a preacher in your life unless there's somebody that will tell you amen that you got to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise I said for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You've got to have a preacher in your life. Hallelujah. They'd rather have a king than they had to have a preacher. And we have lived to see a society today even that would rather have a king, a man pleaser, a king that was anointed for the people than they would have a preacher in their life. That's why I feel comfortable preaching this here this morning. Brother, you still got a church that's with you. Can you hear me this morning? Uh, even you still got a church that believes uh, that you got to have a preacher in their lives. Just stay with me now. Amen. We find that Saul followed after Samuel in every move that he made the first year. He always inquired the man of God. And he always let the man of God make a sacrifice before they ever went out to battle. And the second year it was the same thing. But somewhere toward the second year, the end of that second year of Saul's reign, there was a little spirit got a hold of him. Rather, there was a little spirit that got on his heart and said, hey, I hadn't got to really wait on the preacher anymore. I've seen him do it a hundred times. I've seen him do it a thousand times. I am the king of Israel, and I can do it just as good as he can. I'm telling you this morning, there is a danger in stepping to the altar of fire and you've never been to the altar of sacrifice there's a danger this morning amen and thinking you can take things into your bosom and not get burned there's a danger this morning when you think that, that the anointed of God is just another old Joe amen he's just somebody else he's just a brother-in-law he's just a cousin he's just a daddy he's just a husband I come to tell you this morning he's not he might be all of those things but he's more than that. He is the Lord's anointed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord's anointed. And now we find that he has sent Saul down. The battle with the Amalekites is fixing to take place. And there he has waited and Samuel hadn't come yet. Amen. He said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself. I know what to do. And he went ahead and offered up a sacrifice on his own. And God looked out over the balconies of heaven and said, Saul, 
Saul, what is this that you have done? Don't you understand? If you had just followed after the preacher, amen, your kingdom would have been established forever. If you had just listened to the voice of the preacher, and he went on into the battle, and he didn't slay them all like he told him he would. God had already given him instruction. He said, I want you to utterly destroy the Amalekites. Amen, can I tell you who killed Saul on Mount Gilboa? It was an Amalekite, Brother Ford. It was one of those that he didn't get rid of and whenever we run to an altar of prayer and God says I want you to get sin out of your life and you say one little thing can I tell you what's going to destroy you it'll be that Amalekite that you didn't get rid of hallelujah now we find Samuel coming down the road the old preacher, the old prophet, he's coming down the road. And we find him. He hears. He hears the lowing of the oxen. He hears the blading of the sheep. And as he approaches, he sees the fire. Amen. As it dies down where the sacrifice has already been made. And brother, there was something smoked the heart of the preacher. Amen. Can I tell you something? This preacher loves this church. Amen. And a preacher, I told somebody the other day, a preacher dies just a little bit every Every day. Amen. And Samuel looked at that. And brother, there was something on the inside of him that died. Amen. Saul was like his child. Saul was like his own son. God, God had already told him. He said, you go and anoint him. And he said, you watch over him. But now we find a place that Saul, amen, had rejected God. And we found that Samuel approaching him. And Samuel said, what is this that I hear? What is this I hear? the lowing of the oxen and the blading of the sheep and he said who is that sitting right over there he said well I saved all of these for sacrifice he said Saul Saul he said isn't it not better to obey than to sacrifice I'm coming to tell this church this morning I know this preacher hadn't preached anything to you other than the word of God is it not better today to obey than it is to sacrifice it's better to obey the word of God hallelujah and he said because you have not obeyed he said God's going to reject you today God's going to take it from you so Samuel walked away crying mourning broken hearted God asked him said Samuel how long how long are you going to mourn for Saul I believe Samuel told him, as long as he lives, I'll mourn for him. Can I tell you something? There's been people come and gone from the place of the holy. Brother, there's been people brought here, and you knew that God brought them here. Amen. But they walked out. Amen. Through disobedience, they've left. And whenever they left, a little bit of part of this man and woman of God left with them. And they died a measure every day, every day. Everyone that God sends through the doors of this church is their children. Amen. It's their son. It's their daughter. It's their child. Amen. How many mamas and daddies in here? Brother Ford, let me just ask you this morning. You had a kind of a large family, I think. Amen. All your children in church today. Amen. Can I tell you something, though? That heartbeat for that when it's not in church is just as strong as it is for these that are in church today. Amen that heartbeat for the one that's lost that heartbeat for the one that knows truth and yet departed out of the house of the Lord it's just as strong, it's just as real, amen, can I tell you something, a little bit of you dies every day that they're not in the house of the Lord and this preacher and his wife, amen, they get all these families, brother Marshall amen, and every one of them is their child every one of them is their boy it's their girl, and when they walk out of the house of the Lord there's a little bit of Samuel in them. Amen. Because they have that virtue of loyalty. And they are loyal to the church. Hallelujah. That virtue of loyalty that works on the inside of a man of God. Hallelujah. Samuel, how long will you mourn for him? How long will you cry? To I die or he dies one, God. He said, go anoint me a king. He said, I want you to go. And there's a tremendous difference now. He said, there's a little old shepherd boy out on a hillside. 
And he said, but I see something different on the inside of him than I saw on Saul. I see that virtue of loyalty on the inside of him. Nobody knew it. He wasn't doing it for a show. He said, but Samuel, he said, that little old boy on that hillside, he's just protecting a little old flock of sheep out there that nobody don't care about, nobody don't even know about. He said, but can I tell you, he has got a virtue of loyalty on the inside of him. Amen. There was a lion that came out against that flock. And I want you to know that he was, it was life or death to him. He was willing to fight to the death for that little flock of sheep. Amen. That virtue of loyalty on the inside of him. And he said, I looked out over the balconies of heaven and I saw that little old shepherd boy. He wasn't doing it for show. He was doing it because there was something down on the inside of him. Can I tell you something? Uh, this preacher and his wife, they may not ever get their name on the marquee. Uh, amen. They may not ever be known throughout the world. Amen. But they got a little flock out here and they're willing to fight the bear and they're willing to fight the lion and they're willing to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil because there is a virtue of loyalty. There is that virtue of loyalty on the inside of them that says, I will not quit. I will not give up on them. I'm going to stand if I have to fight the devil. I'll fight him every day. Amen. That virtue of loyalty. Hallelujah. The reason some of y'all are sitting here this morning, amen, because he fought the bear and they fought the lion, amen, and they slew him and you didn't even know anything about it, amen. Can I tell you the sheep was sound asleep, amen, when he fought the bear and when he fought the lion, amen, but God wasn't asleep, brother, amen. God looked down, he said, there's something I can use, amen, that virtue of loyalty. He said, Samuel, it's different this time. He said, last time I let you go and anoint a king for the people. He said, this time you go and anoint David, a man after God's own heart. Hallelujah. He said, you're anointing me a king. You're not anointing a king for the people. You're anointing me a king. Hallelujah. And after God had anointed him, he went back to that flock. Every time that David left that little flock, I want you to hear the word of the Lord said he left them in the hands of a keeper. Brother, he didn't just run off and leave the flock. Amen. He didn't leave them. Amen. With just anybody. Praise God. I thank God for good men today. Amen. That their heartbeat, their heartbeat is the church. Amen. Their heartbeat is that virtue of loyalty that's on the inside of them. And now we find that when Saul's rejected, just stay with me this morning. We find that Saul was rejected and his attitude changes drastically. And now we find a man that is bitter. Amen. And begins to complain and condemn. And he begins to criticize. And nobody can please him anymore. And he gets up in the morning and his attitude is sour. And he goes to bed at night. And it's relapsed. Just worse than what it was in the morning time. But they find that same little old shepherd boy, amen, that was so anointed of God that he could also play the harp. And now we find that they go and they bring him in. And Saul hears the playing of the harp. And they something about it changes his countenance. And it changes the way that he walks. And it changes the way he talks. Amen. Can I tell you something, child of God? I don't care what kind of pressures the world puts on you. I don't care what kind of attitude you wake up with or go to bed with. When you come out to the house of the Lord and the preacher begins to play the harp, it ought to do something to you. This word of God, it ought to change the way you live. It ought to change the way you think. Well, you're not hearing me this morning. I'm telling you the harp should do something to you. Hallelujah. And they would bring him in and he would play that harp before Saul. And it seemed like the evil spirits would leave Saul for a season. Amen. But whenever he departed, amen, they came back because he was rejected of God. And it come a time in his life that David, David 
uh, came in and, and he played and it, then the harp didn't move Saul anymore. That harp didn't change his attitude anymore. And brother, I'm sure you've seen some come in and you have preached this word of God to them over and over and over and you've seen it change them for a long time. And now you could preach it to them and it don't change them anymore. Amen. They don't change their course anymore. It don't lighten their burden anymore. Amen. Can I tell you that Saul, amen, it got where the harp did not affect him to the point that he took and he tried to slay David. And we find that David flees for his life. And the next time that he is seen, he's seen on the battlefield, amen, where he slays the giant. I'm telling somebody, I'm telling every preacher in the house this morning, amen, if you'll first slay the lion and if you'll first slay the bear and if you'll let your loyalty be to the man of God, there's going to come a day you'll stand in the valley of Elah and God will give you a giant to kill. You'll be something in the hands of God, but you got to have that virtue of loyalty. Hallelujah. You can never lead unless you first learn to follow. And age has nothing to do with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be a bear killer and a lion slayer. Amen. If you're going to kill giants, you're going to have to have that virtue of loyalty on the inside of you. Amen. David, the first sight of King Saul when he played that harp, and they told him, said, this is God's anointed. Brother, there was something on the inside of him that reverenced God's anointed. And even when he had to flee out of Saul's presence, it did not change him being faithful. Amen. Can I tell you something today? Amen. Anybody ever had a president elected that they didn't like? My God, where was y'all when Bill Clinton was in? Am I the only? Hallelujah. Amen. Can I tell you something this morning? Has anybody ever had a president they didn't like? Amen. I've had several that I really didn't like. But can I tell you something? It did not change my virtue of loyalty to America. Amen. I would still fight and die and shed my blood for America. Amen. Because there's something on the inside of me that I am loyal to the country. I am loyal to the allegiance. I am loyal to the flag. Amen. There's got to be something on the inside of us. It don't matter who brings your mail. You got to be faithful to the message. Hallelujah. There's going to be some things in life that you don't like. There's going to be some people in life, in life that you don't like to be around. Amen. It cannot change your virtue of loyalty. Amen. David did not let circumstances change his virtue of loyalty. And now we find that they come back from the valley of Elah. And they begin to sing a song. It wasn't, it wasn't true. But it said Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. David hadn't killed but one. Amen. If we're not careful, especially when there's a spirit of rebellion already working. Amen. We'll let the devil take things in our mind. Amen. We'll let him take things in our mind and run with it. Run, devil, run, but don't run with my mind. Amen. Run, devil, run, but don't run with something out of my heart. Hallelujah. Amen. We got to stay with that virtue of loyalty on the inside of us. Amen. And there we know the story. Saul gave David his daughter to wife. But now we find that Saul begins to try to take David's life. And Jonathan, Jonathan, Saul's son, David's best friend, amen, comes to him and David can't believe it. David can't, but David can't see anything but the good. David can't see anything but God's anointed. Amen. David can't see the harm. David can't see the danger. Amen. And, and, and now we find that, uh, that Jonathan comes to him. He says, you got to run for your life, David. He said, my father Saul is going to kill you. you got to run for your life. Brother, he didn't want to believe that. Amen. There was that virtue of loyalty there. Amen. He said, I'll stay true to him no matter. I'm telling you something. There's got to be something on the inside of you that says, God, if you never bless me again, I'm still going to stay true. God, if you don't heal my disease, I'm still going to stay true. God, if you don't put 
get back together. I'm still going to stay true. There is that virtue of loyalty on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Virtue of loyalty. And now we find that David begins to flee for his life. God's anointed. He's already been anointed king of Israel. He begins to flee for his life. He takes his family and he begins to flee into the wilderness. We find the man that now Saul takes David's wife and gives her to another. I'm sure that there was some of David's comrades said, David, you're the king of Israel. You've already been anointed. Why don't you just kill Saul? It never came in David's mind to touch God's anointed. It never entered into the heart of that virtuous man. The loyalty sister that was on the inside of him. Amen. Didn't have room for anything like that. And for some 37 years, hear me this morning. For some 37 years, he drug his family from cave to cave. Some 37 years, he dwelled in the wilderness, brother. Amen. Knowing, knowing that the anointing of the Lord was on his life. Some 37 years, he fled. I'm sure that his wife maybe asked him, said, David, David, why have we got to just run and run? You are the king. He never talked against Saul. His name's mentioned over 1,000 times in the Word of God. Not one time, brother, will you find one place that he complained about Saul. Not one time will you ever find a scripture where he said, Saul, is my enemy. Not one time will you ever find a place amen that he talked against Saul. Not one time. Amen. I'm telling you that virtue of loyalty was on the inside of him. If there's anything missing in the apostolic ranks today, it is that virtue of loyalty. Hallelujah. There's been better men than me. Much better. That have fallen by the wayside. My family's never heard me mention one word about them. Amen. If their names ever brought up, I thought about something good that they did. They were God's anointed. Hear me this morning. They were God's anointed. We find that in battle, Saul pursuing after David, we find that David slips up to the cave where Saul and his armor bearer is. David's armor bearer says, there he is. Why don't you slay him? He said, touch not God's anointed. Do God's prophet no harm. He reached down and he just cut off just a little corner of the coattail. Can I tell you, he later repented of that. He repented of that. Amen. Because there was something on the inside of him that says, you don't touch God's anointed. There was that virtue of loyalty and whenever he cut that little coattail off, he goes to the hillside. I'm talking about after running for his life and carrying his family through the wilderness. Amen. Now Saul stands out there. I want you to read it for yourself. He cries out, Father Saul. He still looked at him like he was his father. He still looked at him with respect. He was the Lord's anointed. And now we find that 37 years passed. And we find that we come to the scripture today. Saul and his sons were slain on Mount Gilboa. And now we come to the text before I want to preach to you for about 10 minutes, if you'll let me. Amen. We find after the runner had come, after the Amalekite had come, and told David, he said, thine enemy is dead. The scripture said, then David took hold on his clothes and rent them. And likewise, all the men that were with him. And they mourned and they wept and they fasted until evening. Amen. The renting of the garment was the greatest expression of hurt and of anguish. When words could not express the sorrow and the grief that you feel. They would rent their garments. We find now that David, 
when word come to him and they thought he would be excited, we find that first he begins to weep. And then he rents his garments. And he begins to mourn and he proclaims a fast. And what moved me, Brother Moore, it said, and the men that were with him did the same thing. They had not heard him talk against Saul. They had not heard him talk against God's anointed. Hallelujah. I can walk into your home if you've got children. I can tell how your children respond to me. And I can tell you what they've heard in their home about me. Hallelujah. Saul's men had never heard anything but good. David's men had never heard anything but good about Saul. So they begin to rent their garments. They begin to weep. And they begin to mourn. What was it, Brother McCain? It was that virtue of loyalty that was on the inside of him. He didn't try to promote himself. I want you to hear what he said. And they mourned and they wept and they fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel because they were fallen by the sword. Hallelujah. He went on down. He said, tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. He looked toward Mount Gilboa where they were slain. Mount Gilboa, let there be no dew on you. Let there be no rain on the fields of sacrifice. For today the mighty are fallen. I'm telling you, there was something on the inside of him, that virtue of loyalty. There's got to be something on the inside of us, men. If you're a man, raise your hand in here. There's got to be something on the inside. Amen, that virtue of loyalty. Hallelujah. I preached at a church four weeks ago. The preacher called me. He said, man, you got me in trouble. I said, I said well, what's out, what's out of the ordinary? He said, uh, do you remember what you told them little boys? I said, yeah, I remember what I told them. I told them, I said, I lined all them little boys up. Little boys about like this. Sister Moore, I told them, I said, don't you ever let nobody talk about your preacher. Don't you ever let anybody talk about your preacher's wife. I said, I believe if, I believe if you hear them talking about your preacher, Scripture did say, hit his eye, be not afraid. <laughs> Maybe it didn't say it just like that. He said, one of them little boys took you at your word. I said, give me his name. I said, God's going to make something out of him. I said, he's got that virtue of loyalty on the inside of him. I said, he ain't going to be no pushover. Can I tell you something? David never let his men talk against Saul. He never let his family talk against Saul. Amen. His men wept because they never had heard anything but good about him. We don't need to let anybody talk about our preacher. I had a man, Brother Marshall. I was a little wilder back then. Hadn't had the Holy Ghost all that long. But I had a man come to my house, knocked on the door, come in. I saw he was a little nervous. Told the wife, I said, get him a glass of tea. She got him a glass of tea, and he sat there. He uh, kind of hem-hawed around a little bit. He said, well, look, brother, what I come about, he said, uh, I come to see what you thought about what our preacher preached. I said, oh, don't say nothing else. I got my girls up. I said, Mama, you take them girls off in that room and shut the door. 
I said, and lock it. I said, it may get rough before you get out of there. And she scooted them girls off in there. And I went back over there. And I just reached and got a hold of him. I said, hey, you scumbag. You get up and get out of my house. And don't you ever, ever come back to my house again. I said, you are not welcome in my house from this day forward. I said, I don't want to ever hear you talking against my preacher. I don't want to ever hear you trying to kill God's anointed and trying to cross up my family. I said, if my girls are saved, it's going to be because they got a preacher in their life. It's going to be because I have instilled in them that virtue of loyalty that they got to hear what the man of God says. I said, get out and don't come back. Have there been times that the preacher has rubbed my fur wrong? I've been like a cat. You ever rubbed an old cat backwards? He'll fuzz up on you. I've been rubbed backwards. But my wife didn't know it and my kids didn't know it. And my brother in the church didn't know it. And the sister in the church didn't know it. Amen. Because of that virtue of loyalty down on the inside of me. I said he just sees it. And I don't see it yet. But I will. If I just stay holding to the preacher. Holding to the man of God. Holding to that virtue of loyalty. There's going to be times you're not going to see what the preacher's preaching. Just hold to that virtue of loyalty. Stay in the ship. Stay with the church. Stay with the man of God. Hallelujah. We go on down. David says, I want y'all to teach the use of the bow. Jonathan was an archer. He said, I want it taught. He said, I'm telling all of I want it taught. I want you to hear what he said. Man that fled for his life for all of these years. He said, Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives. He didn't differentiate between them, brother. He didn't see any difference between them. He said, Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their life. What broke his heart, he said he died as though he was never alone. There was something on him. Brother, that virtue of loyalty on the inside of him. Amen. Can I tell you something? If you're going to make heaven your home, it's going to be because you have got a virtue of loyalty to the man of God. It's that virtue of when you don't see, when you don't see, and you can't see, trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Confidence. Everybody say confidence. Loyalty is a step beyond confidence. We have confidence in things because we see and we know. Loyalty goes beyond that. It follows when we don't see and we don't know. It stays true. It's that character, that virtue. He said, Jonathan... He said, my love for you surpassed that of women. Perverts is taking that out of context. Let me tell you what it meant. There's going to be times in your life, brother, that you're going to need a preacher a lot worse than you need your wife. There's going to be a time in your life that your wife can't fix things. Your wife can't have the right words to say. Amen, but the man of God that you have put your loyalty in will have the right words to say. Jonathan, your love surpassed that of women. It was not just, it was not sensual. It was not, it was not on the out. It was, it was that virtue of loyalty that he shown. Amen. It was that virtue of loyalty that he shown toward God's anointed even, even his daddy, he knew his daddy was wrong. He did not side with Saul. He sided with God's anointed. That virtue of loyalty. And today, 
he went on down to say, Israel, you mourn. It was Saul that has dressed you in scarlet. Ye daughters of Israel, it was Saul that has decked you in your ornaments. It's Saul that put food on your table. Amen. That virtue of loyalty. It was never self-promoting. But it was always that loyalty to God's anointed. Hallelujah. The virtue of loyalty. I'm not a poet. But I got a little poem. Kind of revised. Brother, if you and Sister Moe would come right here this morning. I feel this in my heart today. I want to read this little poem to you, church. And I want you to look at your man and your woman of God. They're one. These two are one. I know we said a lot about pastor this morning. When I'm talking about pastor, I'm talking about pastor and pastor's wife. And a lot of times, the hurt in a church will come through the pastor's wife. A lot of times, they won't have enough guts to come tell you something. They'll try to tell it to the pastor's wife. So when I'm saying I'm talking about these two are one, amen. Only a pastor with a tired face coming home from the daily race, bringing little of gold or fame, to show just how well he's played the game. But glad in his heart that his church will rejoice just to see him come, just to hear his voice. Only a pastor with a brood of four, one of 10 million men or more, plodding along in the daily strife, bearing the whips and scorns of life, with never a whimper of pain or hate. For the sake of the saints who at the church await. Only a pastor, neither rich nor proud, merely one of the surging crowd, preaching, praying from day to day, facing whatever may come his way, silent when the harsh condemn, bearing it all for the love of them. Only a pastor, but he gives his all to smooth the way for God's children small doing with courage, stern and grim, the deeds that his pastor did for him. This is the line that for him I pen. Only a pastor, but the best of men. We love you, Brother Moore. I feel it'd be appropriate this morning that the church would stand you know, I know y'all have took good care of this couple. You've took very good care of them. You saw after their every need. You gave. I'm looking across and I see people that have gave, not out of the abundance. They have gave and sacrificed. But this morning, God said to tell you, the greatest thing that you could give this man and woman of God is your virtue of loyalty like for you, somebody can come and play if they want to, but I'd like for you to come and just make a line and come by today. And you, you know this preacher needs to hear, I'm with you. Ever so often, I talked to my preacher this morning on the road, but I talked to him. And I told him, I said, brother, if you see anything in my life that needs changing, you just tell me. I said, I'm with you. I'm still a hundred percenter. I said, I'm like the nail in a sure place. I said, don't wonder where I'm at. I said, I'm, on, I'm, I'm with you. I said, if you get ready to turn that old big church around, that's what I tell him. I said, get ready to turn that old big church around. I said, you just tell me and we'll start on it. I said, I'm with you. I may have told it here before, but when we were building that church, about 15 or 20 of us up on some scaffolds working it. Brother Cox and probably seven or eight preachers come out from the house. 
wasn't trying over here, but one of them just said, Brother Cox, how do you build a church like this in the wilderness? He never said a word. He just kept walking. Come over there where we was at. He said, man, if you would, he said, come on down, follow me. Nobody said, where are we going? Nobody said, why is he stopping us? Nobody said, what are we fixing to do now? Brother, we come down off them scaffolds like a bunch of cat squirrels. Started following them. We just got in a little group, followed them around that big old parking lot all the way around. Never said a word. Nobody ever said, well, you know, what we was doing was import or whatever. Just followed them around. When we got back to them scaffolds, he said, man, I appreciate it. He said, you can go back to work. They walked off a little ways, and he turned to that man. He said, that's how you build a church. He said, loyalty. He said, they don't question every move I make. They don't question the things I do. He said, they got confidence and loyalty in me. That's how this church has got built. Amen. Men and women that are loyal and maintain that virtue of loyalty. But we can't sell the farm. Danny Perdue wrote a song. You might have heard it. Said he was sitting in his grandpa's lap on the tractor. And he said, one day, son, he said, this farm's going to be yours. He said, don't sell the farm. Don't sell the farm. One day, Brother Marshall, we're going to be gone. If God tarries, we're going to be gone. We're going to pass this heritage down to somebody else. I've tried to put it in my kids. Girls, I've tried to put it in my kids and in my granddaughters. Don't sell the farm. You stay loyal to the message. You stay loyal to the preacher. He stayed loyal on the cross for us. If you would, just come by and tell him, hey, I'm with you, preacher. I'm with you, preacher. They sang, played.